Annika. And I'm Esther. We're the Fact Detectives and we love investigating cool facts about cool stuff. We do, and we're lucky to be able to chat with some super smart grown-ups who know lots of cool facts about them. Hey Annika, have you ever noticed that you can see way more stars when you're out camping? Oh yeah, I love watching the stars at night around a campfire. Me too. Hi Tanya. Tanya Hill is an astronomer at ScienceWorks in Melbourne. I am, and watching the stars and learning all about them is one of my favourite things to do. Hooray! We have lots of questions about stars. Great! Let's get started. Fact one. How many stars are there? There are lots of stars in the universe. Probably more stars than there are grains of sand on the entire Earth. Seriously? Yes. Just within our own Milky Way galaxy, there are 400 billion stars. And our galaxy is just one among trillions of galaxies in the universe. Whoa! That sounds like more stars than anyone could ever count. How are they counted? Good question. We can't count the stars. There's way too many. Instead, we look at how much light there is across the universe and we estimate how many stars would be needed to create that much light. Are all stars exactly the same? No, not at all. Stars come in all different sizes. There's big ones and small ones. They can have different colours too, like blue stars and red stars. And stars can have different brightnesses. But what's interesting is that there's actually two ways to measure a star's brightness. Firstly, we can measure how bright a star actually is. That's called its intrinsic brightness. The brightest stars are the ones that have more mass. They are made of more stuff. While fainter stars, well, they have less mass, so they don't need to burn as brightly. But when we look up at the night sky, we can see some stars are bright and others are much fainter. Now that's the second way to measure a star's brightness. It's called apparent brightness because it's how bright a star appears to be based on its distance to us. Just think about it. You could have a star that looks really bright in the night sky, but that might only be because it's really close to us. Whereas some of the faint stars we see in the night sky, well, they could be really, really bright stars. It's just they're so far away from Earth, they become harder for us to see. Now, when we want to measure how tall someone is, we use centimetres, right? Yeah. Because centimetres are our units for height. Well, to measure the brightness of stars, astronomers use a unit called magnitude. Back in ancient Greek times, about 2,000 years ago, there was a guy called Hipparchos, and he was a great astronomer who grouped all the stars in terms of how bright they looked to us in the night sky, or their apparent brightness. The brighter stars became the first magnitude stars. The next group, that were a little fainter, they became the second magnitude stars. Then there were the third magnitude stars, and so on and so on, each group getting fainter and fainter. It means our unit of magnitude is a little crazy because the bigger the magnitude, the fainter the star. Our eyes can see down to about six magnitude. 
that's the limit of all the stars we can see at night. Of course, if you use binoculars or a telescope, then you can see many, many much fainter stars. But unfortunately, if you live in the city like I do, then we can hardly see any stars at all. Why is that? The city is just too bright at night because of light we humans have created. There are street lights, headlights from cars, lights in houses and buildings, petrol stations. All this light creates what we call light pollution. It brightens the night sky, drowning out the light of the stars. Too much light at night isn't good for our own health and well-being, and it's not very good for animals like owls or possums and other nocturnal wildlife who depend on the darkness of night. How many stars can we see when we're in the city? On a clear night, when there are no clouds and the moon is not about, you can see around a hundred stars from the city. But if we go back a couple of hundreds of years before we had cities and before electricity was invented, well, humans could see over two thousand stars in the night sky. But when we go camping, we can see so many more stars, thousands of stars. Is that why, Tanya? Yes, because when we go camping, we're usually away from the city, and we can see what the sky looks like without any light pollution around. Back to what are stars? Stars are huge, glowing balls of gas. They're mostly made of hydrogen gas with a bit of helium too. The sun is our closest star. We did a whole episode with you about the sun. We did too. That's right. As I mentioned before, stars come in different colours and sizes. Blue stars tend to be young and super hot. Yellow stars, like our sun, tend to be middle-aged and average in size. While red stars, well, they're really interesting. They are the coolest stars. They're still about three thousand degrees Celsius, but that's cold for a star. Some red stars are super giants. They're nearing the end of their lives, and they are ginormous in size. Antares is the red star in the constellation Scorpius. It's the beating heart of the Scorpion. In winter, from the southern hemisphere, you can see Antares in the evening sky. Just how big is it? Well, if we swapped out our sun and replaced it with Antares, it's so big that it would swallow Mercury, Venus, Earth. Mars and reach almost out to Jupiter. That's massive. It sure is. Then there are red giant stars. They're not quite as big, but they're also nearing the end of their lives. The sun will become a red giant star one day in about five billion years. Lastly, there are red dwarf stars, and these are some of the smallest stars. They're so small that we can't see them from Earth with the naked eye. They're much too faint. They're about ten times smaller than the Sun, which means they're around the size of Jupiter, which is actually really small for a star. But red dwarfs are a star, not a planet. Is that right? Yes, they are a star because they create their own light. But planets don't. Planets shine by reflecting sunlight back to us. In fact, the closest star to our sun is a red dwarf star called Proxima Centauri. But even though it's really close, you need a telescope to see it. Red dwarf stars might be hard to spot, 
but they're actually the most common type of star, making up around 75% of all the stars in our Milky Way galaxy. Red dwarf stars also live a really, really long time. How long? Well, our sun is an average star and it will live for about 10 billion years. It's been around for about 5 billion years, so it's got another 5 billion years to go. That's why it's a middle-aged star. But a red dwarf star can live for 10 trillion years. That's older than the universe. So red dwarf stars, well, they're still all toddlers. (laughs) Aww, cute! How are stars made? Stars are born within a cloud of gas and dust that we call a nebula. When something disturbs the nebula, like a star exploding nearby, it sends shockwaves through the gas and you can get tiny pockets forming where the gas and dust begins to collapse together under gravity. As each little pocket grows, it begins to heat up and eventually it reaches temperatures of over 10 million degrees. At that point, nuclear fusion reactions can start, which makes a whole lot of light, and the star is born. Midori would like to know how galaxies form. That's a great question, and we still don't really know the answer, because we need to know what was going on in the early universe, just a few hundred million years after the Big Bang. We think that massive stars were the first things to form and they clustered together to become the first galaxies. A galaxy is a huge collection of gas and dust, billions of stars and their planets, all held together by gravity. And galaxies grow by smashing together to become one much larger galaxy. And they also grow by making new stars. You said before that stars live and die. How do we know that they live and die? Imagine an alien who's never seen people before and they happen to look down on Earth and make a 10-second video. They might see an adult with a baby, teenagers walking down the street, toddlers on a swing in a park and maybe an old person sitting on the front porch. Even though the alien hasn't seen one single person live their entire life, they have seen a snapshot of all the different life stages from babies and toddlers, teenagers to adults. Astronomers have seen a snapshot of all the different stages of a star. They can see them being born in stellar nurseries, they have outbursts like a toddler, then they settle down as adults and start to swell and grow big in old age. Fact three. Can we ever visit a star? There are lots of spacecraft that are near to and observing our star, the Sun. But with current technology, if we sent a spacecraft out to visit the next closest star, Proxima Centauri, which is 4.2 light years away, it would take about 70,000 years to get there. No way! Yes way, unfortunately. But there is a plan to create tiny lightweight spacecraft that could make the journey in about 25 years, which is incredible. The program is called Breakthrough Starshot, and the plan is to send spacecraft made of teeny tiny nanochips that could have teeny tiny cameras on board thanks to micro technologies, and that would sail to Proxima Centauri, pushed along by light from massive ground-based laser beams. Wow! 
Our moon is about 380,000 kilometres away on average, and light from the moon takes one second to reach us. But the stars are so far away that it takes light much longer to journey across space. As we know, stars like our sun make heat and light. The light is created right in the centre of a star where the temperature reaches millions of degrees. It can then take hundreds of thousands of years for the light to travel through the layers of the star until it finally reaches the star's surface and can escape out into space. But then it takes even more time for the star's light to travel across space and reach our eyes or our telescopes. Alpha Centauri is the closest star to our sun that we can see with our own eyes. We can see it in the southern hemisphere and it can be found looking south. It is one of the two pointers that point towards the Southern Cross and it's 4.4 light years away. So if you're four years old, the light of Alpha Centauri that we see today left the star when you were born and has been travelling towards us for your whole life. Cool! Are there any eight-year-olds listening? I'm sure there are. Well, the brightest star in our night sky is Sirius and it can be seen in the evening sky during summer and into autumn if you live in the Southern Hemisphere or winter and into spring if you live in the Northern Hemisphere. Now, if you're eight years old, then the light from Sirius that we see today has been travelling towards us for your entire life. That's a long journey. It is, but not as long as this one. There's a lovely red supergiant star called Betelgeuse. But I don't suppose there's anyone listening that is 642 years old. And that's a shame because that's how far away Betelgeuse is. Its light has been travelling all that time, 642 years, just to reach us. That is one of the crazy things about astronomy. I can't tell you what the universe looks like right now because whenever we look up at the sky, we're looking into the past. Wow! The universe has already made 95% of all the stars that will ever exist. And most of those stars were made in a frenzy back when the universe was much younger, about 10 billion years ago. Fact 4! Why do stars twinkle? Stars twinkle, but planets don't, or at least not as much. Twinkling happens because of the Earth's atmosphere, which is the blanket of gas that surrounds our planet and gives us the air that we need to breathe. Stars are much bigger than planets, but because stars are so far away, they look like tiny dots or pinpoints of light. So you can think of the light of a star as being a single beam of light, and when that beam hits our atmosphere, it gets bounced around, dancing up and down, and that's what makes stars twinkle. Awesome! On the other hand, planets are smaller than stars, but they're much closer So when we see a planet, it looks like a disc or a circle. And instead of a single beam of light, it's like we have lots of light beams all travelling through the atmosphere together, coming from different parts of the planet. Because there's lots of them, 
when they hit the atmosphere, one of the beams might jump to the left and another right, one might go up, another down. All the dancing cancels each other out. And that means the planets appear to shine much more steadily. They don't twinkle as easily as stars do. It's a good way to recognise whether you're seeing a planet or a star in the sky. And which planets can we see? We can see the five planets that are closest to Earth. That's Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter and Saturn. Venus is the brightest one and it shines much more brightly than any of the stars. Fact 5! Have people always looked at the stars? Yes, they have. Astronomy, the study of the stars, was one of the first sciences to exist. People across time and around the world have been inspired by the stars and the night sky and have always wanted to know more. For tens of thousands of years, people have used the stars to guide or navigate their boats across the ocean. They could figure out their location and direction by using the stars. People needed a way of remembering which stars are where and recognise what they were seeing. And that's where the constellations or patterns in the stars originated. Humans are great at finding patterns, and the same groupings of stars, like Orion's belt, have been important to many different cultures. The story might be different, but it's the same group of stars. Back in the 1930s, the International Astronomical Union was set up, and they are now the official body that names the stars, constellations and planets, anything discovered in the sky, for astronomers so that astronomers around the world could have a common language. In 2017, the International Astronomical Union recognised 86 new star names drawn from Chinese, Coptic, Hindu, Mayan, Polynesian, South African and Aboriginal Australian cultures to recognise the importance of traditional language and Indigenous star knowledge. Be sure to check out our episode on Aboriginal astronomy with Kirsten Banks to learn more about Australia's first people's knowledge of the stars. Here's one final fun fact. If stars didn't exist, we wouldn't be here either. The oxygen in our lungs, the calcium in our bones, the iron in our blood, all the atoms that make up our bodies were once inside a star. And that's where they were first created. When the universe began, there was only hydrogen with a little bit of helium. And stars are responsible for turning that hydrogen into all the other stuff, including the stuff that makes our sun, our earth and ourselves. We really are made of stardust. Awesome! Try this at home! Winter is a great time to look at the sky. And if you're in the Southern Hemisphere like I am, it's when the Southern Cross is nice and high in the South and easy to find. See if you can find the Southern Cross yourself. Go outside after sunset on a lovely clear night. Look towards the South and see if you can find two really bright stars near each other. They are the two pointers, Alpha Centauri and Beta Centauri. They're called the two pointers because they point towards the Southern Cross. See if you can find the four stars that make a small cross. There's even a fifth star that you might be able to see if you're out in the country and away from all the light pollution. 
from there, you'll also be able to see the beautiful band of light that's called the Milky Way, running right through the Southern Cross. Amazing! Thanks, Tanya! You're welcome, Fact Detectives, and happy stargazing! This has been another awesome episode of The Fact Detectives with me, Annika, and me, Esther. Big thanks to Dr Tanya Hill, who is an astronomer at the Melbourne Planetarium at ScienceWorks. And big thanks to Midori for her galaxy question. If you love finding out the facts as much as we do, and if you have a big topic you would like us to investigate, then get in touch at factdetectives at kindling.com.au. This episode of The Fact Detectives is a Kindling co-production with ScienceWorks. To find out more about the world around you, head to museumsvictoria.com.au.